Oh boy, do we have a good one for you today, guys. Four Quarters Episode 20 Free Agency is upon us, and man, has it been up to the hype. We're going to go over some of the favorite free agency signings, some of our least favorite free agency signings, and some of the ones that have hurt the absolute most. Rolling into the quarter two, we're going to go into the draft. Then we're going to slide into quarter three, where March Madness abounds, playing games Thursday. And we have a little bit of an exciting announcement for you guys in quarter three. And then quarter four, we round it out with the usual My Thing Is. There's also a surprising take about Cam Newton mixed in somewhere into the podcast. I think Brad almost passed out. That's it, guys. Let's get it rolling. Three, two, one, go. Welcome in Four Quarters episode whatever I said in the intro. I think it's 20. Uh, quarter one. We're going to jump right into it. It has been a wild week of free agency and it's only Tuesday. So the first round of free agents, shall we say, has gone pretty well. And the team that has been really just making waves in the NFL this, this week is the New England Patriots. Brad's Last year, Brad's favorite. Uh, I don't. It'll probably be the same this year. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it'll be the same thing this year, especially now with Cam having weapons. Game over. Well, speaking of his weapons, they signed four offensive pieces. The first being Johnu Smith on a four-year, fifty million dollar deal with thirty-three, thirty-one point two five million of those dollars being guaranteed. Hunter Henry on a three-year, three hundred or thirty-seven and a half million, twenty-five million of those dollars being guaranteed. Nelson Aguilar on a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal, and Kendrick Bourne on a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal. Only five point two five of those million dollars is guaranteed. And then they signed two defensive pieces: Matthew Judon, a top of a pass rusher, four years, five fifty-six million dollars. Uh, $32 million of those dollars guaranteed with Jalen Mills rounding out the bunch at four-year. $24 million, nine guaranteed. So my favorite signing out of all of these are probably uh, Hunter Henry and Matt Judon. Um, I'm not a fan of a lot of the other ones. I think John O. Smith is probably the third best, and then you can go down from there. I think Hunter Henry is really maybe not the next Gronk per se, but he definitely is going to fill that Gronk role. And they signed two pretty dynamic, pretty athletic tight ends, which I think is just admitting like, hey, Cam does really well with tight ends. Let's go get him two dogs. Looks like they're going to be a lot of uh, running a lot of ace tight over in New England. Um, And then, like I said, Matthew Judon, they're losing two defensive linemen probably in free agency, if I had to guess. Lawrence Guy and I think it's. I can't remember the other one, but uh, Lawrence Guy, they will probably lose. And I like Matthew Judon. He's a good pass rusher, which the Patriots haven't really had uh, in recent years. I think a little bit overpaid with this $56 million contract. But, again, they have a, they had a lot of cap space, and they're, they're making use of it. I can't really critique them for that. If you got it, flaunt it, I guess. Well, yeah, and I, I can't say I'm surprised at them making a bunch of moves. I knew going into, like – Halfway through the season or something, I saw a graphic where they were talking about, you know, teams with the most cap space for the offseason, and I think they were, like, second or third, and they just ended up... I was surprised how quickly they made moves, because technically for agency doesn't start on Wednesday, and it, you know, Monday and Tuesday, they're coming out hot and just, you know, throwing money at anything that, you know, knows how to play football on the offensive side for the most part. Um, but in terms of just 
who they got in general, I do love the Hunter Henry pick because Cam works so well with Greg Olson when he was in Carolina. And, you know, bringing in Hunter Henry, who I already liked when he was with the Chargers, is, I think, going to help excel his game at least a little bit. I, I, we'll, I, we'll have to see. I did get ahead of myself a lot last year. I'll wait to make those super hot takes till like, August. But, you know, for right now, I think it'll help him a lot. I, I do. Well, as far as we know, this year that everyone's going to get a camp period, they're going to get the OTAs, they're going to get mini camps. They're going to get the usual preseason training that they normally do. Um, they didn't get that last year with COVID. So there's going to be time for Pat or for Cam to build chemistry, to build the system in New England with all these new guys. So that's a positive. My least favorite guy on this list is Nelson Aguilar because of his history. He had a breakout year last year in Las Vegas. But I, I don't know. I don't know if he is – you know the guy that uh, they that he was that he everybody wants him to be. I will say. I mean, he had a lot of drop problems in Philly. Is part of the reason that he is no longer there. Uh, two years, twenty-two million. I would have given him a one-year deal. Maybe just made it one year, eleven million, something along those lines. Um, you good? Yeah. No, I was drinking my coffee, and there's like coffee grounds in it. So I'm just you know uh, uh, trying to clean my mouth out real quick. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Regardless of Brad's coffee fiasco, um, I don't. I'm not crazy about the Nelson Aguilar signing, but what this does mean to me, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Cam has his weapons now. Cam has his weapons now. Good for Cam. Amen, brother. That 12 and four will happen this year. I was a year ahead. I was a year early. So I was a year early. I am going to going to make an admission here that uh, you're probably not, you're going to be surprised by. I have been doing some homework. I have been taking in some other outside of opinions, and I have had a perspective change on a one Cameron Jarrell Newton. What? Yeah, I have had a perspective change on, on Cameron, on Cam. I want to word this very delicately so nobody tells me that I'm, bandwagoning i still don't think cam is a fundamentally good thrower of the football i think he still struggles i think he throws off his back foot a lot gets that front shoulder high throws a lot of balls over the head of his receivers i think he has still problems as a pure passer but he did everything he was asked in new england he changed his personality to be in new england he did a lot of things that i didn't expect him to do i thought he was kind of a loud mouth but he adjusted that in new england and he does what he he did what he does very well last year. He he's a physical runner, athlete, and that's what they asked him to do in New England and he did it. He did not have any weapons last year, so I can't blame him for that. He was the most accurate that he's ever been last year. You can argue that some of those stats are inflated based on the offense that they ran, but credit where credit is due, 65% completion percentage is good now one thing i want to point out we got to stop comparing him to tom brady the year before because tom brady threw double the passes that cam had so that's part of the reason he was not as accurate because of the number of attempts thrown but i will admit i've been a little harsh on cam and some i would say too harsh i i need to give cam, wow really i didn't know i that. need to give i cam, didn't know that at all look i want to be clear he's still not my favorite quarterback ever but he did what he was asked he did what he does very well. And who knows? With with all the things that are going on in New England right now, maybe he does take them to a wild card spot. Maybe they do go 10 and 6. Maybe they go 9 and 7. You know, I don't see them being 
you know, you talk about them going 12 and four. That's a, that's what like a six game swing, five game swing. That's yeah, so possible. That's a lot. That's a lot of wins. But Cam won them games, and I also have to give him credit. He did have COVID last year, and I, I've as have I've had it, so I understand how hard it is to come back from that illness. So I have to give Cam credit there as well. So. All right, I got, I, I got two things to say about this. All right, the first is I'm glad th- that we put this on the internet so that it will forever be saved because I never thought that this day would come. Yeah, I was, I, was a little, I was a little harsh on Cam. He's not as bad as uh, I might have been projecting. But but let me, let me qualify. I still don't think he's a great quarterback. You mean clarify? No, qualify. I'm qualifying my statement. Oh, okay, okay. But the second thing I got to say is I am a little sad because the, the number and, – and I guess we could still have these debates because – Oh, no, we'll still have Because you don't, don't, you know, no, no, you no don't think – any. and there's no, some no, things no. I agree with you with how, you know, he's not the most fundamentally sound quarterback. And Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obvious. I mean, I've said that. I've said that myself sometimes because I still don't know what it's like to have a quarterback actually throw to the receiver and not, you know, to a mark five yards over his head. Don't know what that's like in Carolina. I haven't seen it for a while. But that's another that's a topic for another day. I just, you know, the heated arguments, I don't know that I don't know that they'll be the same. They'll still be heated because there's a lot of over exaggeration with Cam. And I want like people I I don't think Cam is as good as a lot of people give him credit for. I also don't think he's as bad as maybe I led everyone to believe that I would think. I didn't um, think it was possible to change the mind of a Cam hater. I didn't see. That's the thing. I, I realize that everybody thinks I'm a hater, and I'm I'm not. I'm not a hater. But if you look at you know his years, let's take out if you take out his best year, which was probably his MVP year, and then if you take out his worst year, he averages roughly 20 touchdowns, around three and a half thousand yards. It's 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 average numbers. It's not great numbers. And I want to clarify, yes, I understand that uh, touchdowns on the ground count, but they're not the statistic I measure a good quarterback by. That's what I – there's confusion there. Yes, those numbers count. They are touchdowns. They count for the same amount as passing touchdowns. But if we're measuring a quarterback, his throwing numbers are the most, the number one top-tier thing for me. Just wanted to clarify that. I still have my issues with Cam. I'm still going to yell at Brad about Cam. I will still get in Twitter debates about Cam. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think it's questionable whether he gets in the Hall of Fame. But there you have it. There's my quasi-apology about Cam. Moving on. No further comment. No questions. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just surprised. I mean, I'm surprised. I, that's all I got. Like, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. that I didn't think that's where this whole Cam conversation was headed after, you know, some of the things that were said on Twitter the other day, but you know, no, I am still surprised they gave him a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal. But if you're looking at it like the Patriots, what other guy was out there that you could have signed? You could have gone Fitzpatrick, you could have gone Mitchell Trubisky, or you could have brought back the guy at a at a doable number at fourteen million. I thought that was high at first, but the more I look at it, for a year deal for a starting quote unquote quarterback in the NFL, yeah, that's the number. Fourteen is very doable for Cam. Also. Give a guy a year a year two in a system. We usually see year two jumps with quarterbacks in their second year in a system. And they'll scheme it up well. They'll make it to where he's throwing easy. Uh, he's just getting the ball into the hands of his playmakers. He's not having to, you know, lead them down the field, be the field general. I can see them scheming him up that way. And then also, of course, they're going to run the ball 
a lot like they did last year. It might be a little bit less, but they're still going to be a run-dominant offense in New England. Plus, defensively, they signed Matthew Judon. They're going to get a lot of the guys that opted out last year back, making them a better defense, which is the hallmark of the Patriots. So they're going to be a run team with a great defense, with a capable quarterback, at a doable con- with a doable contract. On top of which, at the trade deadline, if he does play well, there's trade value with Cam. So I, I want to be clear. I am not a Cam fan now. That's not what's going on. I'm just saying I probably was too harsh on him. I'll accept that for now. I've made a little leeway, so I'm going to continue to try. And, you know, that's it. I'm going to try and no, turn the page. That's it. No, turn, no I got to get to the end of the book. We're you like, you, you know, haven't we're in the lifted the page yet. No, I definitely have. I mean, we, no. got, we got somewhere. No. We've made progress. No, I we're stand fir- I stand there. firm that he's not a good quarterback. We're getting there. Just I was too harsh on him. He's be- he's better than I gave him credit for, but he's not as good as you think he is. And he's not a Hall of Famer. But regardless, we're moving on. I uh, I said something about Cam Newton be a, being a trade piece, and I think a lot of these guys, that's what they'll end up being, especially Nelson Aguilar, maybe Jalen Mills, maybe even Jonu Smith. They're making a lot of noise in free agency, which is a rarity for New England, which makes me very skeptical. Meaning... They're probably going to use some of these pieces to trade away, gain draft capital. They have a lot of cap space, so they could be a little bit risky. But at the end of the day, the Patriots do not have their future quarterback in-house. So something something has to happen for them to get that. So that's what I'm waiting to see. What is, what is the plan for the future at quarterback, not just next year, which Cam is a really uh, – he's plugging a hole right now. He's, he's a stopgap at the moment. I yeah. agree with that. I, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a old, and he's a running quarterback. So he's yeah. beat up. Yeah, so. no, that makes sense. I'll give you that one. Okay, so that's kind of that's what that's my theory with New England. Some of these guys are stopgap. Some of these guys will probably be on the team for the length of their contracts, and then I also think some of these guys will get traded. Bill Belichick usually operates on the idea of I want draft picks or I'll sign talent in free agency. I think he's going to going to garner some of these free agent signings into draft picks because, like I said, they're. Their future is not in the room right now, and they need to figure out a way to get done because they're not going to trade up and get a guy like Trey Lance. I don't think they draft Mac Jones. I'm not a big believer in Mac Jones, but moving on. A team who does have their future well in hand, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or as they call him down at the old uh, Pat McAfee podcast, and I really like this name. It's the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers is what – they call that. All right, I like the Q Gronkiners. I hadn't heard that one yet. I heard the Tampa, you know. The Tampa, Tampa Bray Q, like AQ oh, it's Shipley. Q. Tampa Bray Q Gronk. Oh, it's Tampa AQ Gronkiners because it's AQ Shipley, or it used to be before he got hurt. Interesting. But anyways, I digress. They have uh, – they've really brought back everyone except for AB at this point. Tom Brady – Restructured a contract, which freed up some of their cap space. Uh, Shaq Barrett is back. Four-year, $68 million, 36 of those dollars guaranteed. 36 million of those dollars guaranteed. Gronk signed on a one-year, $8 million contract. And they franchise-tagged Chris Godwin. I think this is big for them. I think they have a shot at um, at going back. They also re-signed their linebacker in um, Levante David. No. Or was it the other one? They re-signed one of their linebackers. It was either... Help me, Brad. Help me, help me, help me. But I do think they've kept their core pieces, and I think they can survive without uh, Antonio Brown. Or really, I think that's going to be okay. Um, I, I think this team can. I think this team can go try to repeat. I mean, 
It was Levante Davis. It was Levante Davis. Two years, $25 million. Right. And he makes David White better. I really do. Levante David allows David White to be what he is, I think. So I think they've brought back the core pieces. They'll probably let Ndamuk and Sue walk, probably let A.B. walk. I'm fine with both of those. They'll probably lose Leonard Fournette as well. But we just talked about it with uh, Cam Newton. The year two for a quarterback in a system is the jump year. You see a great improvement from a quarterback's first year in a system to their second. I think... Tom Brady is going to have a statistical jump from this year to next. I think he'll be statistically better, and I know that's kind of crazy to say. It'll be a second year in a system. There'll be more chemistry. They won't have the same slow start. They won't be a wild card. They'll be a one seed with a bye, and we'll watch Tom Brady compete for his eighth Super Bowl victory. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't hate that. Better statistical? I mean, maybe by a little bit. I don't think it'll be anything crazy. A big crazy jump? I mean, the dude's what? He'll be like 44 next and season? I mean, we'd, I'm very, I mean, I get it. I'm really tired about talking about Tom Brady's age because it's never. it hasn't mattered. So It until, hasn't mattered yet, but it I always gets man, everybody. Until he's like 67, then we can talk about Tom Brady aging. It doesn't matter. I, th- I think... All right, I'm not going to say I think it'll get him because I, I think I bet you he retires before it does. Father time is undefeated. So eventually. I think he retires before it gets to him. Uh, I think he knows his body better than anybody, any of us knuckleheads do. So I, I definitely think he'll just be like, eh, next year is probably it. I think he'll know. Now, I don't know when this retirement is coming. He'll probably play till he's 54 or whatever. But I think he's going for the old double-digit Super Bowls. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's going for at this point. I mean, he's got the record, but why stop now when you've got such a great team around you? And they, you know, them bringing everybody back, I think, is huge. They'll definitely be a playoff team. Super Bowl team will just have to, you know, I mean, it's Tom Brady. He's always going to be a Super Bowl contender. There's always a chance Tom Brady to be in a Super Bowl. I mean, shoot, he's done it, you know, 50%, almost 50% of the time he's been in the NFL. He makes the Super Bowl. Super Bowl more than some teams make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, he's he's won eight Super Bowls in the, amount, in the span that, you know, most teams haven't won the Super Bowl or been to a playoff game. So that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think Tampa Bay has made – they made good moves. I don't I don't really understand how their cap space works. But um, – I But I read somewhere that it's only like a like a small – it's like a $500,000 fine for going over. And I'm sure it varies based off how much you go over. But, like, if you got a rich owner, I just feel like sometimes they just mm. – sometimes for certain situations like this one, you know, they just want a Super Bowl. It's not the fine, but the luxury tax. I think it comes into play when you are over the cap. There is a luxury tax that happens when you are over the cap as an owner, and those are the checks they don't like writing because no one really likes paying taxes. But one of the things for me is everybody says, like, oh, cap space really isn't real. Of course it is. Cap space is real in that it forces you, or like a salary cap, forces you to have to make some tough decisions with players. Everyone gets under. Everyone gets under. It's been, I don't remember the last time we had a team that didn't get under the salary cap before the league year starts. But it costs you a hell of a lot. Look at uh, look at New Orleans. They had to cut Jared Cook. They had to let go of Trey Hendrickson. They had to, they had to cut uh, Malcolm Jenkins. They had to make Drew Brees, ha- Drew Brees had to retire, and they got lucky that Drew Brees decided to negotiate his contracts. Taysom Hill is on – he signed a big contract, and everybody kind of blew up about his contract, but I want to make it clear that contract is not real. 
a lot of those years are voidable years, so they basically just sprinkled his cap hit over a couple years, two of those years being avoidable. So he's not making that actual $140 million or whatever it was that he actually signed for. But like I said, teams that are in cap hell have to make tough decisions to get under the cap. So, yeah, everybody gets under it, but, you know, at what cost, I think, is, you know, what what people don't understand. And that's another reason Tom Brady's a GOAT, because he restructures his contract, I feel like, every season or when he signs a deal he doesn't sign it for a crazy amount of money so that he can keep the pieces that he needs to keep getting back to the super bowl and keep putting more rings on his fingers and it's contagious because uh mike evans did the same thing yeah i mean why why wouldn't you at that point so you know i think maybe they i mean i think the wheels will come off this at some point because it comes off for every team but i do think tom has got probably has one more super bowl in him as much as it pains me like on a cellular level to say no, yeah, I think he definitely wins eight. Unfortunately. Anyways, we were just talking about teams having to make some drastic moves to stay under the salary cap, and um, one of those teams. This is one I'd love to talk about. Let me just say this real quick. Because of the fact that at one point, you know, in the past, you know, 20 episodes, we've, you know, we, we started out with, you know, you coming at me for, you know, the Steelers being all that and all this and all that, and, you know, we're, we're – Five and zero, six and zero, seven and zero. We're the best team in the league, and now look at you. Now you're sad. I mean, I hate seeing you sad. You know, I don't get upset, but like, oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, we went eleven and zero, but at what cost? I feel like Thanos and in Infinity War just this day has exacted a heavy toll. It's been, it's been a rough day. The first domino to fall was actually yesterday, which really kind of put me in a bad mood for today. <sighs> Bud Dupree. Is to the Titans on a five-year, $82.5 million deal, $35 million of those guaranteed. Now, actually, let me keep going, and then I'll kind of justify all of these the best I can. Mike Hilton went to Cincinnati for four years, $24 million. That one hurt probably one of the most out of all of them. Matt Filer, three years, $21 million to the Chargers. I'm kind of okay with that one. Tyson Alulu goes back to the team that drafted him in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we cut Vince Williams, which that one that one hurt like a lot. That one hurt a lot. That one hurt a lot. Saves us $4 million in cap space. And we're, we stand to lose Juju Smith-Schuster as well. We stand to lose James Conner, which I'm not as upset about. But Hey, at least you're keeping Big Ben. Yeah. So we should address that. Because everybody said, oh, if you didn't sign Big Big Ben, you'd have kept all this money and yada and yada and blah, 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 blah. But if you look at it, yes, we could have we could have cut Ben and played with Dwayne Haskins. We'll probably be a similar record with either of those two guys anyways. But cutting Ben would not have saved us as much money as everyone seems to think. It would have really been a minuscule increase. We could have not paid. We still could not have paid Bud Dupree. We still would have lost Bud Dupree. That contract, we couldn't compete with. $82.5 million, we couldn't not pay that. We could not pay that. We probably would not have re-signed Matt Filer or Tyson Alulu regardless because of the fact that you know Matt Filer is in his late 30s, was not a guy you know that really was productive for us at all. We're looking for some O-line overhauls as it is. Tyson Alulu is getting towards the end of his career as well. Um, 
and then Juju, I think, I really think Juju was kind of on the uh, the verge anyways because of the steel, well, the way the Steelers deal with receivers. I mean, you can, I mean, if you watch, ask any Steelers fan, we have been letting receivers walk since the conception of our football team. We are not into the star receiver. We'll let you walk in a heartbeat because we're so good at drafting them. We come up with solid receivers pretty well. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, if you look at it, we're probably going to lose Alejandro Villanueva, 33. Tyson Alulu was 34. I'm okay. I, I'm not crazy about paying him. Uh, Vince Williams was 32, back half of his career. Uh, who else did I say? Bud, you know, he's young, so I'm not really worried about him. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's been a tough day. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough day. I've enjoyed it, to be honest with you. I mean, Carolina, you know, hasn't done anything crazy. They haven't cut anybody yet, you know, but... But, I mean, Mike Mike Hilton is probably the one that hurts worse, but we also did re-sign Cam Sutton, which I like. He is the younger version of Mike Hilton, so I'm, I'm decently okay with that situation. Would I have preferred to keep Mike Hilton? Yes, the fact that he went to Cincinnati, blech. But it is what it is. It's a business, so you kind of have to deal with the hits where they come. But... Big Ben or no Big Ben, we were seven and nine, eight and eight, anyways this year, just because of our schedule and I don't know. Uh, the cap situation was destined to, you know, mess us up regardless. Plus, with COVID, cap came down to like eighty-two and a half million dollars, and you know, it just some of these contracts we just weren't going to be able to to compete with because we we're also thinking to the future because we're going to have to pay TJ Watt and we're going to have to back the brinks up for TJ and I'm okay with that. So And listen, but I will say this, my whole thing with Ben Roethlisberger staying is that he is old and just needs to go. Yeah, but we stand to be a better football team with him than we do Dwayne Haskins and I think you have to look at it from the standpoint of all those guys that are on the team that are trying to compete to actually win games, you have to send them the right message and you have to say, "Look, we're going to give you guys one more shot to be at least competitive before we really have to go through this, before we really have to go try to get a new quarterback. Ben has enough left in the tank to at least dance with a playoff berth. At least. So, you know, take that as you may. I'm not as upset with Ben. I would have rather him retired, honestly. I mean, it would have. Let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. Start moving towards, you know, the future but i understand the decision it was probably not a decision i would have made as a general manager or an owner but you know some things you just happen so you know it's been a been a tough day in pittsburgh but bud dupree i want to talk about him for a little bit this is a hot take and i want to everybody i'm not i'm not mad this is not a take based in anger and this is not me being petty bud dupree is going to be a disappointment for the Tennessee Titans. I have a couple reasons. One, if you look at his injury when he went down against the Ravens with a torn ACL, his pressure rate was at about 13.6%. Alex Highsmith, his rookie backup, was at a 13% pressure rate. And honestly, a better pure pass rusher than was Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree had a lot of sacks that came from not necessarily clear wins on a pass rush move, but more he was just athletic and made a play. And in Tennessee, the guy on the other side is not T.J. Watt. He's just not. I mean, it's and right now it might not even be to Jadavion Clowney, who is a free agent. 
and Jadavion Clowney is not a pass rusher. Everyone listen to me here. Listen to me now. Jadavion Clowney is a run-dominant defensive end. He is not a pass rusher. I don't know why everybody thinks he's a pass rusher and you look at sacks to determine a good D lineman. His sack numbers are bad, but that's not what he is. He is a run defender. But, yeah, Bud Dupree is going to be a disappointment. I think I think Tennessee is going to be pretty upset about signing this contract. I disagree with that take. I don't think he'll be as good as he was in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's coming off an injury. You know, he's, you know, that's always, you know, a big thing, I think, when it comes back. But, you know, I guess he's an NFL athlete, and, you know, they're just built different than every human being on this planet for some reason. But I don't think he'll be a disappointment for the Titans. We'll see. I don't think he has double-digit sacks this year. I do. I think eight or nine. I give him more than TJ. Now you're just trolling. I'll bet on it right now. Now you're just trolling. I'll put a bet on it right now. You think he's going to have more than TJ? Yeah. The last year's sack leader? Yeah. Bud Dupree will have more sacks than TJ Watt. You have to buy Rogaine if it doesn't happen. But I've already done that, so I don't. So that's not like. Well, you're going fully bald then, Brad. Right here, right now. Will that be like a year from now? Yep, fully bald. Fully bald. You might be there in a year by. That's what I'm saying. So So like, I'll I'll go with it. Okay. I'll ride with it. I think I think I'll win it anyways. All right. I guess I don't really have anything for you. I I could tell you to go completely bald. I'm not worried about it. You got to shave your beard. Yeah, I'm not worried about that at all. All right, so which one are you picking? Either one. Go for it. Go crazy. All right, shave your beard. Okay. And, and now, the stipulation is if TJ Watt gets hurt, yeah, if then the deal of is that, void. If either of them get hurt, yeah. deal is void. It has to be yes. a full 16. That There can be no, like... I hope we remember this. Somebody will. Anyways. So, moving on to my war-torn and tattered Steelers. Um... There were a couple kind of insignificant signings, maybe not insignificant, but uh, Texans signed Tyrod Taylor, which I think is a sign that they're probably letting go of Deshaun Watson at Carolina. some point. Carolina. Now, I, see, I don't know, maybe, but they're, they're still asking too much for him, and until that price comes down, nobody's gonna pay. I think it'll come. I think it'll come down, and it's Carolina just a, it's just a matter of when. They better they better go ahead and do it now, get a reasonable amount for him now, not this insane number, because if they wait too long, they're not. <laughs> They're going to get, like, second-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Well, you nobody's going to have anything to trade at that point. I you like. better go ahead and get it done. So, um, anyways, uh, another free agency signing, Corey Davis to the Jets. I don't mind that. They give whoever their prospective quarterback is another weapon. I like this move a lot for A.J. Brown because I'd like to see him, you know, just be that for sure number one dude and just – go off yeah i think he has a shot to do that and then marvin jones to the jags clearly they are trying to make some give some more targets to the one trevor lawrence t-law who will certainly be there uh after after draft day um joe tooney to kansas city that was probably my favorite one of my favorites because you know kansas city needed a, a healthy good tackle he's definitely the guy clearly you know you saw what happened to the Super Bowl. you need a good offensive line to to win games so no yeah that I, that's honestly of all of these that we just mentioned probably my favorite just because Patrick Mahomes needs protection yeah totally help the help the kid so with all of that being said there's still some uh, remaining free agents out there that uh, that are really interesting most of which are receivers Kenny Galladay who I think is probably the best receiver left 
was a top receiver anyways, was probably a top five receiver this year. Um, I th- I'm really not sure where he's going to go. I've heard a lot of people say Washington, and I I don't mind that. But with them, oh, we forgot about Washington signing old Fitzmagic. How did we forget that? Listen, I, well, we, well, I forgot about it because I'm not super like – I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I think I he's just going to do what he does everywhere else and just be – he'll be good at the beginning of the season. He'll probably slow down die out towards the end of the year. They'll probably end up first or second in the NFC East just because it's the NFC – actually, no, they won't win the NFC East because the Cowboys have Dak Prescott back. Correct. And, and they're going to be a different team next year. So they'll finish second in the NFC East because, you know, the NFC East is the NFC East, and that'll be history. And they'll leave, retire, and they'll probably have a different quarterback. Well, probably. But – I mean, so I, I don't know. Look, you have to have a quarterback in your backfield if you want to be competitive. And they just won the division last year, made the playoffs, so you want to keep the ball rolling there. But at the same, at, but at the same token, like we talked about this with Pittsburgh, we talked about this with New England. Where's your future? I don't. I think they draft the quarterback this year. I do, but where? At what? They they have the 19th pick, I believe. Maybe sixteen. You just have to see who's bail- who's still there. I mean, nobody, really- nobody, nobody, no, no one. Maybe I see them making a choice like Mac Jones. I bet you he's there. Unless Carolina. Well, we're gonna to talk that. Him. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a moment. But um, anyways, back to Kenny Galladay. They said Washington. I'm thinking probably not. Now that they have Fitzpatrick and Kenny Galladay is probably gonna want a uh, a real superstar quarterback. So I'm not really sure we'll hit where he will end up. I mean, it might be. New England, for all we know, with all the things that they're throwing out. Um, I'm trying to think. Keenan Allier might end up in New York, meaning the Jets, perhaps. Probably a a decent call. Uh, Another receiver, another former Steeler, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think would be great in uh, Green Bay. I think he would fit perfectly in Green Bay. Yeah, no, I I think so, too. As long as he stops. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will go with the TikTok dances, but like. I don't think Aaron. I think Aaron Rodgers will embrace that. Aaron Rodgers is a very progressive guy. And Wisconsin has, and the Packers have some of the best fans. They'll probably be very accepting of Juju because he's a a fan-oriented guy. Um, So I think Juju if I had to guess, would probably end up in Green Bay. And I think I think the Packers owe Aaron Rodgers a, a solid number two receiver. And Juju is anything, is anything if that. Like, he, he the way he played with Antonio Brown is the way he was intended to play. That's why he was drafted. And I think with a guy like Devontae Adams in Green Bay, it'll open him up in the slot more, and he will be far, he will be far more productive than he was last year, not having to be, like, the, the vocal point. So I think Green Bay is probably the best option for him. Curtis Samuel, a Panther. This is the one that hurts me. This is this is the <laughs> one that really, really I think, hurts I think me. you have to let him walk because if you compare him to the guys he was drafted with, he is probably the – not probably. He is the least productive out of all of them. Yeah, but he's still I – think, I think you let him walk. I don't think you pay him that money because – I know, think he's going to end up in Washington too, which is just going to be even worse. Yeah, but see, what Washington needs a, a, a big physical receiver to pair well with – Terry McLaurin. They don't need another speedster. They need yeah, but I just see I just see that happening with Ron Rivera being there. They, they every I feel like every player that's left Carolina just heads up ninety five and just goes right to Washington. And just like, yeah, you know, I'll go play with Ron. Uh, who doesn't want to play with Ron? Y'all are stupid for letting him walk. But <sighs> yes, we are. That was a bad year. All right, let's not talk about regardless. it. Regardless, um, so I think. I don't mind. I, I, you're probably onto something there with Curtis Samuel going to Washington, but I also think he has a potential to go to Jacksonville. They seem to be receiver hungry. 
I guess I mean I'm putting New England down for everybody's name now. I mean you might as well. Yeah. I mean I, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure even with other signings they still have a ton of cap space. So. Uh, Will Fuller is also available. Another guy that would be rumored to go to Green Bay. I was just saying, yeah, I'd see him, and I could see him in Green Bay too. He's a guy you could probably get for cheaper than the rest. I think. He, oh, 100%. I don't. I don't think he would. Well, he was hurt for like all yeah, the last year. Yeah, I think you could get him for a lot cheaper. I think that's the one I would look for if I was a GM. Productive. If he can stay healthy, I can get him for a decent price, a team friendly price. And he's and he's talented. I mean, he's not a bad receiver, so I I like him. Eric Fisher, the former Chiefs tackle. I don't know why I lost that name for a second. And the former number one overall pick. He is a free agent. I'll be curious to see where he goes. I think a lot there of are a teams, lot of teams that could use. There him. is a lot of teams uh, that need tackles. I mean, I've, I mean, I, there isn't going to come a, a day and age when a team is not in need of a tackle. So, yeah, I mean, you can't win in this league without a a good O line. I dare say, great. Um, if you can't protect the guy back there, to uh, slinging the ball around, then you you don't have a team. So I think Eric Fisher is going to be in high demand, but I don't think he garners as big of a contract as you might think just because of his age. I think if I'm the Seahawks, I'm going for him. And he, he hurt himself, right? He was the one. Yes, because he hadn't, right? Was that Eric Fisher? I, think that I had believe it was Eric start? Fisher that tore his Achilles. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like or the, middle, in the middle of the season, like he missed like the last ten games. I think it was. I believe it was either. So it was either because I know Mitchell Schwartz, both Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher got hurt. It might be One tore their Achilles in the game against. Um, oh, in the in the AFC championship. In the game. AFC championship game. I think that yes, that was. I think that was Eric Fisher. You think that was Eric Fisher? I can't remember which one got hurt when, but they both got injured. So you know he's coming off an injury, so maybe his price is not as high. Because you don't really know when he's going to be 100% again. Because that injury, I believe, is like a nine-month recovery period. So he might miss. Look it up. Because whoever tore their Achilles is not playing football next year. That's like a fact. Because they say it's a nine-month recovery for an athlete. Yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're enough athletes. Okay, so as of March 1st, this is, this is Kansas City Chiefs news. Uh, they are saying that he could be back in mid-August. They're NFL athletes. Eric Fisher, he tore his Achilles. That's a, yeah, I was right. Wow. I, Achilles injuries. Well, think about it. If it takes nine months, he did that in January. I'm saying whoever tore their Achilles in the Buffalo game is not coming back. Eric Fisher. That's who that is. He will be back. I guarantee it. January, February, March, April, That's May, eight. June, July. Mid-August oh. would put him at seven and a half. Eight-ish. Eight-ish months. Okay, maybe, but... I mean, and you got a thing. I mean, if he's back mid-August, I don't know if he'll be full go by mid-August. I that'll mean, yeah, that's pushing it. That's that's the beginning of preseason, so he might get a couple snaps here and there, save him that extra month, get him back in September. Maybe. Um. Anyways, moving on from the old Achilles, Eric Fisher, Pat Peterson is available. I know he's getting up there in age, but still a productive corner. Somebody who needs a stopgap could definitely use Pat Peterson. I don't think he's going to garner as much money as he would have earlier in his career now i do think he probably ends up back in arizona i think they want to keep him there have him retire a cardinal but they did just pay tj waddle that money and i i don't know what their youth looks like jj not tj oh my god oh sorry uh they just paid jj waddle that money and they might just they might might be might not be able to afford pat peterson but uh on the back end well they have buda baker 
I don't know what their corners look like outside of Pat Peterson. Either. Well, I don't know what their depth is at that. And position. you have Richard Sherman on her too. I like both of them. One of them in Carolina. We need another corner. See, or here's the you, thing. Here's the thing with that. In Carolina, you guys are rebuilding, so just rebuild. Don't 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 go veteran guy who probably wants to win now. You're gonna you want to get an old head. I think he ends up. I think Richard Sherman ends up in New York. Goes back with old Bob Salah. Because Robert Sala is probably going to want somebody who knows his system, for one. For two, is kind of already bought into the system and can be in a locker room and really preach his message when he's not around and help build kind of that bought-in mentality for the team. He would be a great locker room guy. You could get him on a team-friendly deal. And he's still productive at his age. Now, Pat Peterson is the big question mark. I'm kind of surprised that he has not kind of gotten scooped up in this first two days of the legal tampering period. I think by the end of the week, we'll probably see Richard Sermon end up somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Or Pat Peterson, I mean. Oh, absolutely. Maybe both. But I'm sure we'll see both of them. There's, most of these people on this list, maybe not most of them, probably four, I'm going to say four out of the seven on this list will be gone by the end of the week. Probably. Uh, quarter two, we're going to move right into it. Uh, from the teams who are going through the free agency to build the teams, now to the teams that are going to go through the draft to rebuild. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit, uh, kind of just some general stuff. First thing, give me your top five quarterbacks in the draft this year. Well, the first one I'm going to have to go with is, I think, the obvious choice in Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so give me the next four. The next four. Hold on, hold on I'm, pulling, I'm pulling up the full list so I don't miss any names. Okay, yeah, so T-Law one. Hold on one second. Oh, my God, this list is so long. Sorry. Ooh, I like Justin Fields too, but I'll be curious to see uh, how well he would transition to the NFL. But I'd like him at two over over everybody else. Continue. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Trey Lance three. Okay. I'll go. I gotta go Zach Wilson four and probably. I don't want to put Mac Jones at five. I'll have Kyle Trout now. No, you're gonna you're gonna be really surprised where I have Kyle Trask. I'll put Kyle Trask at five. I like Kyle Trask <laughs> more than I like Mac Jones. So I feel like I have to. Trevor Lawrence one, yep. obviously. Trey Lance at two. Okay. Kyle Trask at three. Justin. Ooh, no. Okay. Zach now Wilson I, at four. Justin Fields at five. I don't like Justin Fields at five. I like the Kyle Trask move at three. Who did you say for Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. I am not I would, impressed by that kid. I would no 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 Everyone no. I would so, switch. I'm not impressed by that kid. I think I would take that list if you flip Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. So here's why I don't like Justin Fields is because he is a very much he's what every Ohio State quarterback is, and that's first read bomb it. That's it. He has no like, you know, first progression, second progression, two, three. Can't read a defense. I think Zach Wilson is probably better at that than he is because of the lack of talent that he had at BYU. He's not really, he's throwing to Mitt Romney's kid. Like he's not really, he doesn't have four or five stars surrounding him like Justin Fields does. I'm also not high on Mac Jones. He's a game manager. And yes, people say like, oh, game manager, every quarterback's game manager. He's not a playmaker. That's what I'm saying. He is not a playmaker. He had Michi, he had Devonta Smith. He had one of the nation's best tight ends. He had Najee Harris. He had a great defense. He had a great O-line. I can keep going on and on. 
I don't like Alabama players coming out of the draft because usually they're not what you expect them to be. And I kind of feel the same way about Najee Harris, and I'll get to that in a second. But I also think Kyle Trask, he was a Heisman candidate, and all of a sudden he's a second-round pick because of one game with all of res- all of his res- pass catchers having opted out. Literally his entire offense opted out. He was the only one left. So he was running with the twos, basically, with guys he didn't have chemistry with that he tried to develop in a week. So I think people kind of overhype that game in Kyle Trask's kind of draft stock. I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft. No, I definitely don't like that I put him – I'm not going to say I don't like that I put him at five because I still think – He's in the top five. Yes, he is if in the you, top five. You can disagree with me putting him at three. I know that's bold, but he's in the top five. He is one of the best. He's one of the best five in this draft. And I think Trey Lance is going to surprise some people. I, I no, I'll I've, gone back, I'll and, I've gone back and forth on this, but he's big. He's physical. He's got a cannon of an arm. He reminds me a lot of Josh Allen. I'll agree with that size because wise. I, hate, I hate people trying to put Mac Jones in the top five. Yeah, and, and, and another thing is, like, I watched Zach Wilson play Coastal, and I was kind of just like, oh, okay. like I, I, every time I don't I'm, like Zach Wilson either. I'm not impressed by him. He does not impress me. Neither does neither does Justin Fields, or neither does Justin Fields, neither does Mac Jones. So I think after Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask and Trey Lance, you're really kind of crapshooting. I think, I think Kyle Trask, given the right system – is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He and I might be an NFL great, but he'll be a good. He'll be productive. I mean, he plays a lot like Big Ben. I feel like, and also, Trevor Lawrence. Let's make it clear: is the only guaranteed star in terms of the quarterback position in this draft. He is the only guy that is a guaranteed star. I'm still skeptical on the guaranteed star, star thing. I think I he has a everyone. Everyone keeps telling me Zach Wilson. You, Okay, no, no, no. I know Zach Wilson. That's insane. I hate He's Zach He's not better Wilson. than Trevor Lawrence. And I know, for the I people don't... that are think, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to bust. Give me the reason why. What quality do you see in Trevor Lawrence that indicates bust? It's not mentality. It's not work ethic. It's not athleticism. It's not arm talent. It's not arm strength. It's not size. So I just not, gave you six things I'm that it isn't. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. Okay. But guaranteed star. And he probably – he did not have – I would argue his receiving core was not top five in college football last year. Nor was his offensive line. The kid lost two games in three years of college football. Well, yeah. Ain't, we don't say that, like, that means nothing. I mean, I feel like most kids that played Alabama only lose, you know, two or three games. He played at Clemson time. for one. I, I get that. I know he played at Clemson, but I'm just saying, like – I feel like – like, I get it. He was a starting quarterback. He didn't lose very often, but, like – I feel like there's other quarterbacks that do that. Never lost. They just don't stay there for all three years and remain as a starter for three years. Actually, they have to. That was a stupid that thing. That kid came in as a freshman and beat and Yes, whooped, no, his freshman year was extremely Alabama, impressive. Yes. Whooped Alabama. And he maintained that level every year. But back to the point, guaranteed star is, a big aggress- is, is aggressive. Why? I think. I'm not a fan of Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, but they have a good – they don't have a terrible O-line. They have a decent defense. It's not great. But their receiving core is – Good. They have LaVisca Chenault. They have they just signed Marvin Jones. They have DJ Chark. And they'll add another key piece more than likely. I yeah. guarantee it. And they have decent running backs. So what do you I mean, what do you want? I mean what I don't know. What, I, mean, just, I mean I don't I, just I don't, don't like see, it. I, I, have I no, just I have don't no, like it because I can't I can't buy into somebody as a guaranteed star when they're coming in I have no as, doubt. as a rookie in the NFL. I have no I have z- 
Zero doubts on Trevor Lawrence. None. No worries. Okay, I'll give you that. And I don't have like specific doubts. I just He's have like, an overall general doubts. He is winning seven games his first year as a college as a as a pro quarterback. Okay, I can give you seven. that. Uh, anyways, so who do you think? We just talked a little quarterback action. Who is the bust out of these quarterbacks? Okay, the first one. I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Mac Jones, I'm not calling a bust. I no, he is a bit. So I, here's to, the thing: to, to define bust, let's define bust. What do you? What is a bust to you? Is any first round player that ends up out of the league in a year or two a bust? I don't. I can't do every first round player. I'm going to do every. If you're a top, top ten, if top, you're a top, if you're ten, a top pick, ten pick and you're out the league in two years, you are a bust. Yeah. I would argue because first round, first round, because you hear the word first round talent. I think if you're a first rounder and you don't make a first rounder pick impact, you're a bust. I'll I'll do the top twenty picks for that. Uh, okay, maybe. I feel like because the back, I feel like that last twelve. There's a huge drop off and a huge difference between like the first ten and the last twenty two picks. Even the top twelve aren't guaranteed, man. I mean, like it's a the draft is always a crapshoot. Like you when you draft a guy outside of the top two. There's no guarantees. And even in the top two, there's rarely guarantees. Trevor Lawrence is the exception. So, I mean, you know, usually that second quarterback off the board is not is pretty disappointing. All right, so we'll go – we'll just go first-round talent then. Someone's going to reach for Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Somebody yes. will do it. All three of those guys are going to be the busts of this draft. They're not going to be what you think they are. Out of five of these guys – Six, if you include Kyle Trask, two or three are going to be dominant. Going to be anywhere from dominant to decent NFL quarterbacks. The rest will be out of the league in five years. I'll agree with that. We are we are overhyping Zach Wilson. We are overhyping Justin Fields, and we are overhyping. Well, I think Mac Jones actually has kind of the perfect level. I think because he won the national title, that you know that's why he's so. You know, I think he could be similar to like a Daniel Jones type deal, where you know he just comes in, does his thing. He, I think I think Mac Jones will end up being being decent. So I don't want to call him a complete bust because I feel like he could, if he gets put into a proper system, I think he'll be all right. But you know, that's that's kind of asking a lot. It doesn't. It's not always a perfect fit. So we'll we'll have to see. Um, you know what 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 happens to Mac Jones here in the future. But I'm I. If I were to go based off of my initial thought of like a bust, it's like somebody who's coming in and like is supposed to be good and isn't going to be. I wouldn't even have Mac Jones or Zach Wilson on that list. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a weak quarterback draft class outside of Trevor Lawrence. Let's be let's be clear. Let's be honest. And as much as I like Trey Lance, he's still a question mark. I really liked his pro day, but you know, there's not a lot of film on him, and I think the most he's ever thrown is 24 passes in a game so that's like that's a concern but anyways who's going to be the surprise uh this is kind of my quarterback pick i think i i made it clear kyle trask it's going to surprise people because everybody's forgetting about him he's projected a second third day guy i, I think he's going to come in i think he might not i think he i don't want to say he's going to be the next justin herbert but he will probably be a backup come in and then just dominate and people will be like who the heck is this guy so who's who's going to be the biggest surprise i honestly i honestly think 
if I'm going to go, you know, with you said with your quarterback pick, I think Justin Fields will be the biggest surprise. You think he's going to be good? Yeah. No, I do. I think Justin. I think Justin Fields will be better than people are expecting him to be. So, with that sense, I think he'll be a, a bigger. You know, I think he'll be a big surprise. I think he'll to be people. too. I think he'll be what every. I think he'll be what Tua is now. No, I'll be better too. No, I think he's gonna be too. Um, so then we're gonna go outside of the quarterback. Who's your favorite player overall? Not quarterback, just player. Not quarterback. Yeah, just a player. Either Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle. Kyle Pitts. Oh, I do like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the best offensive weapon in this draft. Pass catcher, blocker. He's the best. Well, yeah. I mean, I think generally when a tight end, you know, is a top, you know, potential top five pick, I think that they're. Um, like he's a like he's a certified like he's ever. you want to talk about guarantees he's a guarantee I mean he's going to be a certified star. I don't like that you just throw the word star around like that. I've used it twice. Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I saw a mock draft of him going number two. That's kind of crazy. But no, he will not go number two. There's just like I said, there's no there's no vow there's no quality of his that would make him not be a star. Big, physical, athletic, strong. I mean, he's not as physical as I would like from a tight end, but that the, the, the position is evolving. Let's rewind real quick, though. I just thought about that, and him going number two isn't a crazy idea. It's yeah, not a crazy it's, thought. I the hesit- Jets, they get receivers in free agency, bring in Kyle Pitts at tight end, keep, keep, Sam, keep Darnold. Sam Darnold. I mean, at this point in time, I don't think they're, they're getting rid of him unless they're going to trade him to somebody for a quarterback and swap QBs. I think that's the only way they get rid of him right now. Hmm. And I honestly think even if they could they could keep Sam Darnold now or they could trade him away. And, I mean, I, I haven't looked ahead to next year's draft of QBs. But I'm sure there's potentially somebody in there who might be a little bit better than the guys coming out this year. Huh. Like, I really just thought I, I mean, like, and plus – Sam Darnold is not bad. It's not bad. No, he hasn't. He's I don't actually, think he's been given a shot. Yet. I think he's really good. And I don't think he's been given a chance yet. You just signed Corey Davis. You you draft Kyle Pitts. That's not a crazy idea. You throw a bag at Kenny Galladay. The huh. Jets might be onto something. Yeah, I don't. Now that we've like kind of hashed this out, that's not Kyle Pitts at two is not as crazy as I kind of thought it was. No, yeah, because I. For a second, I thought the Je- I forgot the Jets had the second pick, and then I looked at it, and I was like, "Wait a second. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> so now that I think about it, that's not as bad as I think. But yeah, Kyle Pitts is my favorite player in this draft just because of his talent. And you say Waddle or Smith? I, I no Jamar Chase. I'm gonna go Jamar, Jamar Chase. They're just a freak at receiver, and I mean it's. I feel like we see more receivers than most other positions. Kind of, you know pop off a little bit, especially right. if they go to a situation where they have a quarterback, they can get them the football, which, you know, isn't guaranteed, especially when you are already, at, you know, getting picked in the top five. You don't usually have a quarterback that can for sure get you a football. But, you know, I think I think he'll be pretty good. Who is the non-quarterback who is going to bust? All right, I'll jump out while you're thinking about it. Patrick Sertain. Okay, that's interesting because I was going to say, I was thinking Caleb Farley. I think he's the I think he's the more prom I think he's probably the one that's going to play better than Sertain. See, like I have a problem with Alabama players, and honestly, I think Najee Harris is going to be disappointing at least for the first couple of years. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I, look, I mean, like outside of Derrick Henry, most most Alabama running backs are kind of disappointing. Josh Jacobs has been okay. Well, I feel like there's not a ton of running backs that Eddie Lacy, come right into the Trent league Richardson, and make a huge impact, except for like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Saquon Christian McCaffrey, but again, and I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a, had a decent. Impact but again, like team. Aaron Jones just got this really big contract. Eh, you know how I feel about that, like. You just just don't pay running backs. You can do running back by committee and be okay. I mean, who the running back that won the Super Bowl last year, Ronald Jones, split time with Leonard Fournette, and you know he he's not going to get a fat contract when his contract comes up. You just don't pay running backs because your running game is predicated off your scheme and your offensive line. And can your running back basically pick a hole and hit it? He doesn't have to be. He needs to be somewhat dynamic, somewhat athletic, but. You don't need a Saquon Barkley to win a Super Bowl. You don't need a Zeke to win a Super Bowl. You don't need a Derrick Henry to win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's the rushing champion for the past, like, two years now. And they've been outed in the first round of the playoffs every time. Yeah, no. So I mean, yeah, I know you're or not, not the first round. Though. I mean, they've been outed in the playoffs and hasn't gotten them to a Super Bowl. I forget that they damn, they went to the AFC Championship game. What am I talking about? Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. Anyways. Um... I mean, you know, who is flying under the radar? That's a good question. Who's flying under the radar? I think Jalen Waddle is flying under the radar because of the injury that he had last year. I, I think – ah, man. I think that he's going to be good in the NFL. I think he's going to fall. I think he's going to shock people because you saw the injury he had at Alabama. I think it made a lot of people very hesitant. But I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good. I think he's kind of falling under the radar. I agree because I think a lot of people are worried about his size, and you know, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, whatever." He's fast, and he's gonna He's gonna put on twenty pounds, still be just as fast, probably maybe even a little faster, and he'll be fine. For me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Michael Parsons. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about him, uh, and I feel like part of it's got to do Penn State didn't have a great season last year. You know. I, so and they got him right now going seventeen to the Raiders and I kind of you know, at least on this one mock draft he's a top ten pick at. in my mind and he, but he's also the second best linebacker in the draft I'll agree with that but do you know who the first is I don't I don't I don't know who your first is who is your first <sighs> Jeremiah Awusu oh. He's an animal. I completely forgot about him. He is an animal. I completely forgot about him. Dog. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on from the likes of pro football and college football into the moment. Into the best time of the year. We've all been waiting for it. It's better than Christmas. It's better than New Year's. It's better than my birthday, but my birthday's in the same month as it. I don't even have anything written for this portion of the show. It's just quarter three, all caps, March Madness. Oh, my gosh. It's March Madness. So, guys, we want to start quarter three off with a pretty big announcement. Please check Twitter later for more details. But Four Quarters is going to host a tournament bracket challenge. It's going to be done through the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. We are going to post the link. You guys can enter to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Me and Brad are going to chip in from our own pockets and the good of our own hearts and put up a $50 Amazon gift card. All you have to do, join the join the ugh, sorry. Join the bracket league, enter a bracket, you only get one. 
But here's the stipulation. To be eligible to win the gift card, you must be following both Hampton, not Hampton, Sydney. You must be following both Four Quarters Twitter and Four Quarters Instagram. And when you enter your enter your bracket at Four Quarters 2, let us know when you did it. That's how you got to be eligible. There's no shtick. You don't have to, you know, enter a fee, none of that. All you have to do, follow us, Twitter and Instagram, tweet at us that you've done it, and you're good. That's it. And maybe maybe we'll do it, not just the $50 gift card. Let's throw in oh, no. a little it? bit of merch. A little bit of merch there, Bradley. Nobody has any, except for like me and, you know, my family, because we all got some made. But I think we might be able to put something together. We, we could put we could put together a hoodie. We put together a hoodie. We can put together a shirt. Maybe a hat. Maybe a hat. So Shoot, I've enter, got a water bottle. Maybe a water bottle. Enter to win the fifty dollars Amazon gift card and a chance to win the very first four quarters merch. Uh, you know, I think it's a pretty 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 good offer. But we're gonna move on and we're gonna go right into the tournament itself. Now I. I like Gonzaga to win it all. I hate you for that. Why? Because I hate Gonzaga. I hate Gonzaga. I would figure you would hate Villanova. I hate Villanova. Okay, hold on. I figured we you didn't would, need I, to go. We didn't need I to go there yet. You would hate, I figured you would hate Villanova for the old Chris Johnson. It was Chris Jenkins. I think about it every night before I go to sleep. We didn't need to bring it up. After, not only that, he not only did he wipe it. <laughs> Listen, the greatest uh, shot, the hold greatest... On, hold on, hold on. Not only did he wipe away your hopes of winning a national title, he erased from all of our memories one of the greatest shots in NCAA tournament history by Marcus Page. The up and under double clutch three in the air to put to take the lead. With 1.7 seconds left. And then you can't cover the trail guy. You can't cover the trail. It's literally basketball 101 in the secondary break. You run to the paint, spread out. You do not let the trail guy hit the open three. Guess what you did, Brad? Guess what you did? You didn't <laughs> stop him. And he and he got, and it wasn't like a contested shot. He took one, two step into a rhythm three. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I saw it. I, th- I literally have it playing back in my mind right now. Nothing. But, is this, is this nothing what you're doing because of the Steelers? Like, nothing is this making you feel better? Is this how you cope? Karma hurts, doesn't it, Brad? I just Karma I didn't want to talk hurts, about it today, okay? Yeah. It's a sensitive Anyways, subject. So we kind of have an interesting year in college uh, basketball because the Blue Bloods aren't in it. Duke's not in it. UNC is the, probably one of the lowest seeds they've been in a while after not making it last year. Wait, they didn't make Did they make the tournament last year? Yes, they made who? Who, UNC? I thought they didn't make it last year. No, last year they wouldn't have made it had they had it. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. I forgot uh, COVID. Anyways. How could you forget? I don't know, Brad. Um, You had it. (laughs) I did have it. Um, Yeah, I mean, in my my opinion, I think Carolina is going to upset. Who do they play? They play Wisconsin. I mean, it's not an upset. They're the higher seed. Oh, never mind. I have a hot take, though. What is that? UNC will knock out Baylor in the round of 32. Uh no. Yes. Uh, no. That's yes. Not, that's no. the one that's the one I take I'm riding right now. Defense defensively they're too good. Defensively they're just too good. Yeah, but I think UNC is going to dominate the glass. They're really tough down low. 
And I think that, that that'll be just the one game that they managed to put together, and then they'll go on to the next week and lose. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think Gonzaga's going to win it all. Now, I think – I think I think I was the team that's probably going to get upset, as is probably either Michigan or Illinois. But I'm just excited for Thursday where we can watch these playing games. One of the playing games is Michigan State and UCLA. They end up now that team's going to end up playing Iowa. Hey, don't forget to hammer the spread the love bet on uh, Fanduel, only if you're in the state of Virginia. But anyways, I, I I think I I think Iowa's probably the going to be the upset this year. I don't know. Do you think we see a 116 upset this year? I, no, I don't. I really don't. But. But I, I'm I'm just excited for March Madness to be back. Watch the upsets. Watch the craziness. Well, listen, let me ask you this, because this happens every time there's March Madness. A 12-seed upsets a 5-seed. There is obviously four of those in the first round. So we got Creighton and UCSB. Uh, down here in the east, we got Colorado and Georgetown. Uh, in the Midwest bracket, we got Tennessee, Oregon State, and in the South bracket, we've got Villanova and Winthrop. What of those four games do you think is going to be the twelve-five upset? Run those by me again. Okay, so we got Creighton and UCSB. Not really sure who that is. Um, UCSB, University of California, South Beach. That, that's not. I don't even know. That if honestly that's, sounds. Right. I I don't know if that's. It real. sounds right. <laughs> If I'm making a college with UCSB, it's got to be right. Is it right? No. Oh. I don't know what up. What is UCSB? I don't know. All right, anyways, I'm going to go through the I'm going to go through. Let me we'll find this out. All right. Colorado, Georgetown. Okay. Colorado's five. Georgetown's 12. Villanova and Winthrop. And Oregon State and Tennessee. Mm. I, I don't know. Oregon. No, I'm thinking Oklahoma State. I'd say Oregon State would be the team. Are they are they the higher seed? No, they're the twelve. Yeah, Oregon State's twelve, Tennessee's five. So we're looking at twelve five. We're looking at twelve. Twelve five. There's 12, always five, a twelve five. Twelve five matchup. Hmm. I want to say Villanova. It's kind of how I'm leaning. They have not impressed me this year. I like that. I'm a big fan of that take. I hate Villanova, yeah, I but I do kind of. I mean, I would like to see it somehow work out to where they make the Sweet 16. UNC somehow makes their way to Sweet 16 after they upset Baylor, and then UNC gets to beat them. Pipe dream. But that's putting UNC in the elite. I, I do, I do like Georgetown though. Georgetown is good, and I mean they're coming and the, coming on their own, and they just upset Creighton. Yeah, that was my pick. I, I have Georgetown beating Colorado. Yeah, but they're 13 and 12. You want to just run through the first round right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we'll we'll give you our uh, our first round picks because we. I All guess right. we won't have another show till after the second round. Uh, from the West, Gonzaga, App State. Uh, actually, App State has to play a playing. Well, yeah, it's App State, App State or Norfolk State. I'm going Gonzaga. We're, I mean, yeah, I don't care who they this. play. There's uh, not going to be a 116 upset, so every playing game, I'm not even going to mention. OU Missouri. I like. I think I picked Missouri in my brackets. I'm gonna go Missouri there. I think I'm gonna go Missouri as well. Uh, it's it's UC Santa Barbara, by the way. It is not. I'm pretty sure they're tough, uh, but it's also Creighton who just got their coach back after some, yeah, interesting comments. I think I'm gonna go UCSB as well. Ohio, Virginia, Ohio. I think that we got Ohio upset there too. I think Virginia wins that game. I like Virginia to win, and then UC Santa Barbara to beat them. Ah, the thirty-two. See, I think Virginia's due for an upset, but we'll see. Uh, I hate that they have been 
this long national champions. Like, yeah, yeah I get it. Like, long. it was 2019, but they still are defending. I don't think they're getting back there, though. Uh, no, I don't US, think they make USC 2016. and Wichita State. I'm going to go USC. I'm going to go USC, too. Uh, Kansas, East Washington, Kansas. Kansas. Oregon, VCU. I'm going to just pick VCU because it's Virginia. I'm going to go Oregon. I, I, I just... That's like Oregon. Yeah, Iowa over uh, Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's a, that's that a lock. Uh, Michigan, Texas Southern, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Now here's the thing, though. You just said that was a lock. There's going to be a two fifteen upset. There typically is. One of these two seeds is is falling. So let's. I'm sure everybody knows that. Uh, right, LS, I know what mine is. So. LSU Saint Bonaventure. I don't know much. See these eight nine games. There's a lot of teams in here that I don't know about. I love eight nine games though. I love them. I do too. They're probably the most competitive. I'm gonna go LSU though. I'm gonna go Saint Bonaventure. I like them. They played a good. They played. They played well. When did they play? Sunday. They played Sunday afternoon. They played a very good game. And I think that I think that they'll take down LSU. Okay, I'll buy it. Uh, Colorado Georgetown. Uh, see, that's, I said I just said Georgetown, so I guess it's yeah, I'm, I'm going Georgetown. That's my, that's my that's my lock. Hey, old UNC Greensboro representing not uh, a chance. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, Florida not State. a chance. Pretty easily. You won't even get the chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. Uh, BYU, Michigan State, Michigan State, because that's going to be actually either way. It's Michigan State, LSU in a play-in game or UCLA in a play-in game. Either of those teams is upsetting BYU. Either of those teams. Yeah, BYU is not very good. Yeah, they're not at all. Uh, yeah, I'll go Michigan. I, I do think it's Michigan State beats UCLA. So, I'll, I'll ride the Michigan State wave on that one. What is that, Texas and Abilene? Abilene or, Christian? Yeah. I mean, Texas is winning that game. Yeah, Texas. I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure out how to pronounce it. They're losing. Yeah, uh, UConn, Maryland. Fuck it. Maryland, I guess? Brandon will be upset with me, but I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picking Maryland. So, uh, Alabama and Iona. Bama. Yeah, Bama. Uh, they're a two seed. Wow. Um, they are very good at basketball. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, they were a one seed at one point. I, I didn't know that. Um, Baylor and Hartford. Baylor. Baylor. Uh, Wisconsin. I'm taking Wisconsin Heels. over North Carolina. Heels all day. Villanova. Winthrop. Uh, I'm gonna go Villanova. Yeah, I'm gonna go Winthrop just because I hate Villanova, and I honestly think it could happen. So it's it's not that hot of a take. Purdue, North Texas. Purdue. I'm going to go Purdue as well. Texas Tech, Utah State. I guess Texas Tech. I don't know anything about either of those teams. I like Matt McClung, so I got to go Texas Tech. Uh, Matt McClung? Oh, that's right. I forgot he transferred. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. No, Arkansas yeah. and Colgate. I mean, Arkansas? Arkansas or Toothpaste? I'm going to go Arkansas. Toothpaste? Colgate. Yeah, that's not. Okay. Anyways, uh, Virginia Tech, Florida. I'm going Virginia Tech. Now I'm going Florida. Why did you look at me like that? Because I didn't like that take. I like. I love that take. I don't. <laughs> I'm still mad at Tech fans for coming at me when I, they thought I was crazy to think UNC would beat them. So, yeah. Goodbye, Tech. Get out of my face. Get out the first round and maybe we can have a conversation. <laughs> Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Yeah, OSU. Yeah. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> I listen when it comes to people beefing with UNC. <laughs> I take it very seriously, right? All right. Oh my God, Illinois Drexel, uh, Illinois. 
Yeah, Illinois. Uh, the Fighting Illini. Uh, Loyola College, Georgia Well, I'm Tech. pretty sure they already move on because Georgia Tech can't play. Why can't they play? They had a positive COVID test. They can. First of all, I think there's replacement teams, but I'm picking Georgia okay, Tech if they no, can't No, if play. there's replacement teams, even if there's not replacement teams, Loyola Chicago's winning this. Right, They're 100. Tech. I think she's 100 or 101 now. Oh, that old lady's yeah, coming with them. Yeah. Maybe. They're winning at least one game. They're, they're winning one game. Uh, I'm going Georgia Tech if they can play. I had not heard about the positive test. But uh, Tennessee, Oregon State, I'm going Tennessee. Yeah, I'll go Tennessee. They should have they upset Bama in the SEC tournament, so got to ride Tennessee. Oklahoma State, Liberty. I'm Oklahoma going. State. OSU. They're making a run. A little run. They will make a little bit of a, a run. A squeak of a run. Uh, San Diego State, Syracuse. I'm going to go San Diego State. I'm not. I'm not Syracuse is a, such a iffy team. Like they, they just I don't know. No, they're, I'll they're go, not so, very, I'm going to go Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they'll do enough to squeak out the first round. Okay, okay, my friend. Uh, West Virginia, Moorhead State, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, I go West Virginia. I think they're. I, that's the team that's going to make a run. Uh, Clemson, Rutgers. Or no, no, yeah, Clemson, Rutgers. I go Clemson. Yeah, I think Clemson will win that one. And then Houston and Cleveland State. That's my two fifteen. Cleveland That's State your upsets upset? Houston. I don't know, man. I I, I want to say Alabama's going to lose to Iona. No, Alabama's better. This than is that. the first time they've been this high of a seed in the tournament. I, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, one of these two seeds is going down. I mean, listen, this dude Jerry Palm, whoever's bracket I'm looking at, I found it on CBS. He has Bama in that final four, so yeah, that's 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 that's, that's but he bold. also has Gonzaga winning. That's bold. That's, that's my that's my champion, but it's not mine. Anyways, we're gonna move on, guys. Again, look out for Twitter for the information on the tournament challenge uh, competition that we're gonna hold for four quarters. Yeah, we'll Win put it up. Some, we'll uh, put it up ASAP since the playing games are Thursday. Yeah, so. we're gonna get it up as soon as possible, um, so you guys can can get in as as quickly as you can. Now. Full quarter, quarter four, excuse me. My thing is, Brad, you're going to lead us off there. All right. All right, hear me out here. This has become an issue I've noticed a lot more recently, and I have a huge problem with it. I've never been a big fan of refs. No offense to all you refs out there, just, you know. When you're on a field and you see the stripes, you just just naturally just don't like it. The zebras, man. But in the NBA, I think it's happened like three times now. Yep. Where a player... And, yeah, I'm sure there's attitude. I'm sure there might be a little something they're saying under your, under their breath. And, you know, I've gotten in trouble for that myself on the football field before. They need to stop ejecting these players from the game for, you know, rolling them, tossing them a basketball. I mean, Kyle Lowry, I mean, yeah, okay, he chucked the ball down the court. But what else did you expect him to do? Walk it down there? Pass it to a teammate? To pass to the ref? No, they're not in the middle of a play. He's just trying to get the ref the ball. Right. And then he literally just kicks him out. It's an ejection. It's not even just like a, like a hey, don't do that. Or like a, you know, they give him a tech or something. It's which just, is still too much. No, which is still too much. It's a, you're out of here. Go pack your stuff and go home. And I hate it. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I think it is soft. And I think when, when people get to talking about the NBA being soft, which I do think it's a lot softer than it used to be, I think the root of the problem is the dudes in the stripes. I think so too. Get them out of here. Get them out. Do something different. Get them out of here. I'm tired of it. I, was, I thought that was a pretty especially good for players like Kyle Lowry. I mean, I'm sure he probably didn't mind it too much. You know, players in the NBA like the rest, but like at the same time, 
Stop ejecting me. Yeah, like people are people are placing money on these games, and the refs are just screwing people over. I think bad people. You mean you? No, because I didn't bet on that game. But there are probably some people who bet on the Raptors. Probably. So that's just yeah, that's just that's just my uh, thing. Well, Brad, I I actually agree with you. I have nothing to really argue with you about it. It's it's ridiculous the number of people that are getting ejected. But we talked about Cam earlier. I had a revelation with Cam. I had a come to Jesus meeting about Cam. I apo- I didn't really apologize, but talked about Cam. And I'm gonna do it again, but in a different tone this time. With what I said earlier being said, there can be no more excuses made for Cam Newton after this year. You told me he had no talent around him. Now he very much does. He has two dynamic tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. He has a serviceable receiver in Nelson Aguilar and a pretty good to above average receiver in Kendrick Bourne. Those are his weapons. They have also added Matthew Judon, Jalen Mills on defense, and they're going to get a lot of these guys back that opted out. The Patriots are going to be a much better team on both sides of the football. He also has one of the best schemes in football and the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick. If if Cam Newton is nothing else but a top 15 quarterback next year, I will hear no more excuses. I will rain down upon Cam Newton stands with a vengeance. If he is not a top 10, 15, if he is not a top 15 quarterback next year, there will be no excuses. There's nothing you can say. He has it now. He has everything he needs to be successful as, at quarterback. He's healthy. He gets full years of training camp. He gets his receivers. He has a good coach. He has a good defense. All these years of coddling Cam Newton are over. If he is not successful, if this is not one of his best years, if he is not a top team, a top 15 quarterback, if they do not make the playoffs, Cam Newton. Cool. So I wonder if the listen to you complain because he's going to do that. That's a lock. That's fine. If it, if it happens, I'm not going to be mad. But I, hear me now, Brad. If by the end of next year, this man did not make the playoffs, I, I'll give him a wild card seed. He really should be more than a wild card. Well, no, he wouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Never mind. Wait, yeah. If he if he should be more than a wild card seed, but I'll give him wild card. If he makes the playoffs in any form or fashion, I won't. I won't bother you. But if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, you will walk in here and not say a word about it. You're right, because a year from now, I'm going to walk into you with no beard. So, Because T.J. Watt will not have more sacks than Bud Dupree. That one's just off the wall. But I'm telling you, I will have none of it. I will have none of it. What's the excuse now? I mean, I got nothing for you at the top of my head. I think that he'll easily be able to do that. I think if the it, if when the he doesn't, you better have an excuse ready. And I'm, but yeah, I got a I'm year a to make sh- one. I'm going to shoot it now. I got a year to make one. Right, because all we do with Cam Newton is make excuses. It's never his fault. He's the greatest quarterback to ever walk the face of the planet. I never said that. That's Tom Brady, but so he's up there in my book. Wow. Anyways, well, guys, that is a wrap on episode twenty of Four Quarters. Thank you so much for listening. If you like it, share it. If you don't. Keep it moving, guys. Peace, love, positivity. Brad, whatever your goofy closing line is now.
Oh, no, I'm sticking with Deshaun Watson, Carolina. Okay. That, it hasn't happened, but it's going to. All right, wrap. See you.